I'm not 100% sure what's triggered all of these feelings of anxiety about weddings. I've been overall really lucky. I've had mostly positive experience as a wedding photographer, but I have been feeling like I'm enjoying it less and less. The goal isn't to live forever. The goal is to create something that will. Hello, you're listening to Perspective, a podcast for wedding creatives where we sit down together with a special guest and talk about our many years of experience in the wedding industry. We've got Ashley Baxter in the studio today, and we're going to be talking about when it's time to leave the wedding industry. Ashley is a former wedding photographer based here in Glasgow and has been shooting weddings for the past seven years. We talk openly and honestly about her experiences shooting weddings and what has driven her to make the decision to never again shoot another wedding. This episode is going to be enlightening if you've suffered through any of the common hardships which come through running a wedding business. We have a little fun getting a little dark on today's episode, but there's a twist. Let's just say Ashley has a unique excitement for insurance, and that I've never been so excited talking about it too. But first, what are we drinking? You tell us. I've got the bag and I've done the intro. Here, you you, you, you do this. So it's a Southside Roasters uh, coffee and it's an Ethiopian Yirashefi. I think my Ethiopian's pretty good. <laughs> I thought you were calling me something bad there. <laughs> it's tasty. Yeah, mm. it's pretty good. What, the, what does it say on the, the bag? One of the world's most sought after coffees, hand-picked and wet processed from the birthplace of coffee. A distinct fruity acidity, traditional wine-like mocha taste with lots of body, a smooth all-day easy drinking coffee. I'd, I'd say, say it's that, quite yeah. easy drinking. I'd yeah, say it's really easy drinking. That sounds right. That was a lot of words in one sentence. I felt <laughs> that was like a very long list. <laughs> I'm a, as a dyslexic, I can't read very well. So thanks, <laughs> Southside Roasters. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so while we drink coffee, we kind of like to debrief a little bit and talk about the weddings that we've shot over the weekend, but uh, obviously you're a little bit of a unique case. Yes. So how about we talk about your last ever wedding and how that went? Which was, let's see, it would be two weeks ago on Sunday, and it was a nice wedding to finish my career on. Mm-hmm. Um, a great couple. You couldn't ask for a more laid back couple. Mm. And they specifically hired me because they liked my candid style of um, documentation, which was good. It was quite challenging in the respect that it was raining all day, very heavily, which makes a difficult job even harder. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was also the... Um, European, what was it we had? The championship. Oh, European championship. Yeah. yeah, but all the roads were closed because oh, and it was a city were. centre wedding. Oh. So that was a bit stressful thinking about getting from bridal prep to, I can never say the venue name correctly, Oren Moore. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah Oren Moore, yeah. yeah. If you speak to anyone from Edinburgh, it's something else completely wrong. But <laughs> yeah, you're right. So, so that was tough. Um, but... 
Um, but no, it was a like I said, a really nice um, wedding to end things on, just because the couple were so lovely and lots of family had come from far away, and I always think that makes things nicer as well because it's not often you get them all together in one place. So it was yeah. a, a good, it was a good note to end on. Just a few challenges there, but what would a wedding be without a few challenges? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And uh, yeah, I, I remember when when the the golf was on and it was cycling. Sorry, it was cycling. You're we, absolutely right. I think we were over in Edinburgh that weekend. Was it? I thought we were in our, Aberdeen, and it was a weekend. And then possibly because our discussion there was two came different up. races a few weeks apart. Oh, bloody hell! Too many. Yeah. Too much sport. I like yeah. sport, but <laughs> not when good. they're affecting my weddings. Yes. Yeah. So luckily, <laughs> we thought that the road closures would affect us coming back from a wedding in Aberdeen, but mm. they didn't. And then the next time, I think we were shooting on the different day. So if the race was a Sunday, we shot on a Saturday. Yeah. So it didn't affect us. Well, we're I said lucky. I said to my bride that it's difficult enough getting parked near the Oranmore yeah. on a yeah. normal day, let alone when there are all kinds of road closures. So I said to her, I'm going to leave bridal prep early just to make sure that I'm at the ceremony on time. I can't think of a worse nightmare for your last wedding to be one where you miss the ceremony. Yeah. So yeah. I left Although early. if you were going to miss a ceremony... The last one's probably the best one. But I left left early and the ceremony was at two o'clock and I spent ages trying to find a relatively close parking space. So finally got parked quite far away and just bolted to the venue and got there at 1.55pm. So it was all good, but I was was very sweaty. Mm. Lovely. (laughs) (laughs) Weddings are quite sweaty work. I think yeah, so too. I agree. Yeah. I'm I'm very often dripping with sweat, and then uh, there was one wedding a few weeks ago. I, I just lifted my tie, and it was just sweat down just under because, my tie. It's disgusting. But is that because it's for you? It's a physical job, or is it because, like for me, it's more like an anxiety thing because you're rushing mm. around. There's so much going on that that's what makes me sweat. This is a weird conversation, but let's go with it. <laughs> for me, it's a little bit of both. Yeah. The most stressful periods of the day for me are when I'm about to hit the main points that I need to document all of. Like, so the ceremony and speeches. So setting those up, if I'm running late, I get kind of, you know, a wee bit panicky. Right, yeah. Luckily for me, I have Greg and he goes from the groom's house and does the setting up of the ceremony. So I just kind of need to show up and be ready most of the time. We're fortunate that we always work as a duo, so... I take on a lot of the logistical stuff mm. and usually the heavy lifting, taking the bags <laughs> into the venue and stuff. That's very true. Um, but yeah, the stress of those points is quite tough. See, that's funny because I'd say like for me as a photographer or an ex-photographer, those are the two easier parts of the day because you just kind of photograph what's happening mm. and really don't have any control over that part. The part of the day that really stresses me out, like really stresses me out, um, are are the group photos and rounding everybody up. And, oh, it's just a logistical nightmare. No matter how much preparation I have in advance, 
and you know printing out lists and having the grind broom appoint somebody to know who to get is still always a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really happy I won't have to do that anymore. <laughs> that's that's the worst part for me. Yeah. Is that pretty easy? As would you do you call yourself videographers or is that a bad word? Filmmakers. Filmmakers. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be honest, uh, I, there's no standard term. No, I think filmmakers is the most standard one nowadays because videographers has got that sort of old mm-hmm. connotations. So, f- wedding filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. but I'd say that's where the difference is. Well, not major difference, but ceremony and speeches. We usually have to document in full, depending on what our deliverable is. So that's, there's a lot of pressure there because you've got to get every moment oh, sort of thing. And all the audio and, and the audio. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Our debrief for this week, because obviously we're shooting this on the Friday just so people out there know. Recording this. Sorry, recording this on a Friday so people out there know. I've been editing, so I should say re-editing a film from a bride. And it's not something that we usually do. I think I'm quite prideful when I make a film and I'm like, yes, this is it. That is the best it will be. And then I come back and then we have a, an email from the bride and she's got like three pages of changes with, with minute marks and notes. And I know it's not me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know it's issues that the bride has about herself. So it's not, it's, yeah, it's not bothering me as much as it maybe would. That's the joys of this line of work that, you get the highs of the emails where it's like, oh my God, I love it. It's so amazing. Yeah. But then once every so often, like in eight years, this is a rare occasion, mm. but it just hits you in the gut. You're like, man, I put my heart into that film. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're oh. confident in that work. Like I've noticed that the weddings that I come away from and I'm a bit like, oh, I don't know if I'm 100% happy with my work. Those are always the weddings that the couples love the photos and the <laughs> weddings that the very rare occasions that I come away from a wedding and going, I nailed it. Like, I'm really happy with that. That couldn't have gone better. Mm-hmm. Those are the the couples that get back in touch with a lot of uh, criticisms and suggestions and yeah. wanting more. Um, so it's mm-hmm. nice to see I'm not alone with that. Yeah. Although our, our bride actually wanted less. Oh. She wanted to be removed from her film, which <laughs> yeah. is weird. I mean, I, I, like, okay, I can remove you from your own vows, uh, which wow. look weird, but it's fine. Yeah. It's um, obviously not. And while Simon's been doing that, I've been at my niece's birthday, took yeah. a couple of days up in Aberdeen. <laughs> That's right. Away from all it. right for some. Yeah, yeah. Not, not fully away, because you've been testing out a new camera that we purchased. Yeah, true. So, What's that? Uh, the GH5 over there. The Metabone Speed Adapter and a Sigma 18 to 35? Yes. So you took away. You, I, I arrived. I didn't even know. I didn't yeah, even I know. about an hour before I, I left. I get very <laughs> excited when new toys come to the <laughs> office and I get to open something. But no, Greg didn't even tell me and he just took it in his bag and took it up to Aberdeen. What a dick. Well, whose camera is it? Is it yours? The business. Right. Yes. So you both share it. Yeah. Yes. Well, you should have. you should have saved that moment to share. <laughs> That's right, Greg. That's right, you should Sorry. have done. Thanks, Ashley. <laughs> so let's uh, let's get to the main juxta of the podcast. First of all, who is Ashley Baxter? Oh my goodness. I, I mean, I assume you just want a brief overview. 
Go deep, go not deep. What's the opposite of deep? Shallow. Go shallow. That's the, <laughs> That's the one. So I am an ex-wedding photographer. I uh, My main job is I run an insurance business. I live in Glasgow. I like video games, photography, and my dog, Indy. That's how I, I that's how I describe myself. <laughs> that's who cool. Ashley is. <laughs> very cool. So, well, hang on. I, this is very important. This is a serious question. Are you PlayStation, Xbox, or Nintendo? I am PlayStation. Okay, very good. That's fine. We okay. can continue. We can continue. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what got you into wedding photography whenever you did? How long have you been doing it? up until now seven long years um so i used to live before glasgow i lived in inverclyde and that's where i got my first camera and there was a local news site and i emailed the editor and i was like your photography's rubbish on this website <laughs> um i could do a better job and little did I know that I'd actually insulted the editor because he turned out to be the photographer as well. Oh, and it was wow. like one guy managing this whole news site. So this website was getting thousands of unique hits every day. And he gave me my own photo blog on it. So I would just kind of go around Inverclyde taking photos of things and put them on there. And because there was quite a big audience, a lot of people were seeing my photos. So... A couple contacted me and they were freaking out. They were like, "We've uh, our wedding photographers double booked us, wow. and she's cancelled our wedding. Oh. And we, you know, we really need somebody to step in. We know you're not a professional photographer, but would you do it?" And it was something I didn't, I hadn't even thought about weddings at that point, um, and it wasn't something that I jumped at the chance to do. I took a couple of days to think about it. And I thought, well, there really isn't that much pressure. They know I'm not a professional wedding photographer. They, they're they in a pretty desperate situation. Yeah. So let's just do it and see what happens. And that was the first of many. It just sort of um, grew from there, just via word of mouth. And I never marketed myself as a wedding photographer, at least not for the first few years, but just started picking up. Um, like I said, I've worked full time in insurance for 13 years. So this was something I was just doing on the side. So I was doing about 10 a year just from that that sort of first accidental wedding gig um, back in 2011, it would be. Um, so yeah, about 10 a year for the past seven years. And here we are. Cool. She says it with a complete blank face, <laughs> open eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's a look of fear almost. I'm just um, really ready to be to be done with it. I'm like ready to leave that part of my life in the past now. I think, I mean, I know you, you've mentioned eight years for the both of you. Yeah. Um, we, can, just, we can bind that to 14. Is that, is that that's not no, right, man. That's, that's 16 right. years. No. Oh my god, I told you I was Jeez. dyslexic. I told you. <laughs> yeah, anyway. 16 years. Well, it just it's a long time to be doing something, I think, anyway. Yeah. Um, and I'm just kind of tired of it and, and ready to move on mm-hmm. to insurance. Yay! Ooh. Everybody's favourite topic. <laughs> I love insurance, by the way. We can tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what drew you to that conclusion that now was the right time to mm. get out? 
Well, there are quite a few reasons there wasn't one defining factor. The first reason, which is quite a positive one, is that two years ago, like I said, I've been working in insurance for 13 years and two years ago decided to start my own business. And as with any kind of business, it takes a while for momentum to pick up. Um, But I finally got to a point where I have hundreds of customers. I'm working on this business myself and it's just gotten quite difficult managing that as well as doing wedding photography. Now, obviously, wedding photography is quite seasonal, but I really struggled this year with... um, I booked a few midweek weddings, which is when my insurance customers expect me to be available. Mm. So I had a few... There was one instance where I was actually hiding in the toilet of a wedding, sending out quotes to customers. And I don't want to be in that position. And it's not fair on my insurance customers. Mm -hmm. And it's really not fair on the couple who have hired me to shoot their wedding. Now, as insurance as well as um, it's like a, you get your renewals. So I've just finished my first batch of renewals and I'm now in my second year of renewals and I'm retaining 87% of my customers. So looking ahead to next year's wedding season, I'd be going into my third year of renewals So I would be retaining 87% of the hundreds of customers I currently have, as well as signing up lots of new customers. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of gauging that I'll be, I'm gauging I'll have about over 500 customers by that point. And I just think if it was hard enough this year with 300, what's it going to be like next year with 500? So it seemed like a good time to, to, stop weddings and focus exclusively on insurance Mm -hmm. so that's a positive thing my insurance business is growing that's a good thing there were a few negative factors that made me feel like now is the time to give it up and that is that I have stopped enjoying shooting weddings I used to really enjoy them and that's been replaced with um anxiety I'm not 100% sure what's triggered all of these feelings of anxiety about weddings. I've been overall really lucky. I've had mostly positive experience as a wedding photographer, but I have been feeling like I'm enjoying it less and less. And um, I'm happy to go into more details about my feelings about it if you want. Yeah, Yeah, it's definitely a valued perspective because obviously everyone sees the wedding industry as like great and glitz and glam, and but there's a reality to it that not many people going in kind of expect so yeah so i think as well there as a wedding photographer and filmmakers as well there are so many factors that affect whether a wedding is good from our perspective i'm not talking about from the couple or guests Mm. perspective but from somebody who's there to document the day there are a lot of factors that influence whether it's a good wedding. You've got the weather, which, <laughs> as we all know, being in Scotland, is usually against us, right? Yeah. Very inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so we've got the weather, we've got even the location itself, the lighting of the venue, the chemistry between the couple, family politics even play a part in it too. Mm-hmm. The schedule of the day, like, do you have enough time to get, you know, the photos yeah. that you're happy with and the photos that you need? And the frustrating thing and the thing that caused me a lot of anxiety was we have control over none of that. That freaks me out. So more often than not, you're doing a wedding that 
doesn't tick all of those boxes. And I'd say that after seven years, I've only done a very like small handful of weddings that have ticked all of those boxes. So more often than not, it's just really stressful. Would you not agree with me? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How it's do like, you handle it? We have in our contract, it's a live event. So if anything goes wrong, it's not our fault. Yeah, but you, you don't want <laughs> to fall back onto your contract though. Like, no, no, not it's at all. It's there for a reason. But yeah, the stress of when you turn up at a barn venue and there's no lights, they went for candle lit vibe. <laughs> and you're like, my camera cannot see anything in this light. Yeah. And then somebody from the venue says, oh no, you can't put a light up because they want to keep the the vibe. And you're like, okay, well, their memories of this are going to suffer because of that. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. yeah. And so the and couples don't think about these things, obviously. So that's one thing that just is really a, a big thing is that there's so many factors that affect it and mm-hmm. we have control over none of them. Yeah. That I, sucks. I do feel like sometimes with film, the unexpected things sometimes work in your favor even though Mm -hmm. you don't want to be in the situation like for example rain like in most cases that would be an absolute nightmare and and you know brides usually don't want to go in the rain but if you're lucky to get a bride who wants to go in the rain and you are bold enough to put your camera gear in the rain you can get some really like bold kind of material from that but it's a very rare thing, so... Yeah, I mean, yeah. I would say, like, if I shot 50 weddings, 49 brides wouldn't be willing to go out in the rain. No. Yeah. So, <laughs> so there's that. Um, another reason is... So it'll be interesting to see if you agree with me here, because we have similar years of experience. Mm. I do think client expectations are changing. And yep. it could be that I've just been lucky for the past six years and then or that doesn't work out mathematically the past five years and in the last two years have had a few difficult experiences but um i think that this might be down to the rise of social media this is a guess but i think platforms like pinterest a lot of couples are using these to plan their wedding which is great that's partly what the tool's there for but when you are inspired by and pinning you know beach weddings with Italian sunsets and dinner outdoors and then you book a venue on the rainy banks of Loch Lomond, you're going to be disappointed. And I think yeah. not mm. all not all couples, but some couples expect us to take what's in front of us and make it look like what they've seen on Pinterest. And I would say I'm pretty good with my camera, but I'm not that good. I'm yeah. not magic. Yeah. So would you agree with me? Yeah. We have someone at the door. <laughs> Susie, stop getting things delivered to the office. You're terrorizing our podcast and you're not even here, woman. Uh, this is going to be like a regular occurrence of this podcast. Uh, muscle foods? That's a lot of chicken. Who's that for? That'll be for Susie Lee, who's not here. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. It's, it's She's into her gym right now. Oh, that's cool. I think we've all. You had a running phase, yeah. I had a gym phase. Susie has a gym phase. She's going through the gym phase. What what makes you think it's a phase? She might like turn into a bodybuilder or something. There was one day where Susie came in and ate six bowls of cereal. <laughs> <laughs> and this was only a few weeks ago. This was only a few weeks ago. And she was all like sad and mopey and oh god. <laughs> but this, this is why. Because she she's like me 
when she goes at it, she goes at it hard. Like, that is a lot of, like, fine meat <laughs> produce right there. And she'll have to cut that up and, and stick it in the freezer. And that's a lot of work. And then you got to eat that. And she boils her chicken. I'm like, oh, no. Uh-uh. I don't, no, no. It's a lot of work. She'll do it for a while. I uh, love your confidence in her. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a... Yeah. I think you're maybe putting us on her because you went through phases <laughs> every start of wedding season I'm like I'm going to get back into running and keep my fitness up so I can recover from weddings quicker and then I do it for like maybe two weeks mm-hmm. and then something happens or we go away for a wedding and then I'm like oh, I'll get back into it next week Yeah, I did that about three weeks ago maybe now yeah. But they say Not you ran. need to do something consistently for a month for it to become a habit. Did you stick at it for a month? No. Well, that's a problem. I have done in years mm. gone by, but not in the last couple of years. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, when I when I told that story of Susie cutting up the meat, I 100% pictured myself going through <laughs> the same box, cutting up the, my meat with scissors and hating it. I, I did it three times and no, nope, I can't do it. So it's literally just a big box of chicken. Yeah, I mean, they do other things, uh, beef, pork, but yeah, they're actually a really good company. But it is obviously... They could be uh, our first sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Where are we off topic? Yeah, where where are we? (laughs) Damn it, Susie. Client expectations are changing because of social media, in my humble opinion. Do you agree? Was Simon going to agree? I actually do agree. And um, yeah, I, I think with video we get a little bit more of an easier run in terms of that because we can shoot things in slow motion and we can use music to make something feel a a different way. Yeah, it's easier for us to influence people's feelings. Yeah, and we briefly chatted with Clara about this last week, whether or not it made to the edit, I'm not sure, but it was talking about people's expectations of weddings mm. and sometimes that those weddings don't go to plan yeah um so yeah it, it's our job as filmmakers to make the wedding film of their wedding that they wanted instead of actually the wedding day that they had but i can imagine that would be a lot harder in photos yeah Mm. Uh, yeah, I feel like you've hit the nail in the head there. I've never thought about video that way. Of course, you can. It's all in the edit and the music, mm. and it brings out the emotion. Yeah. Um, which kind of makes me think every every single couple should have video of their wedding. They should. Um, yeah. That is another part of why I don't want to do weddings anymore. Is because I think, I think that a lot of times the wedding day doesn't live up to the couple's expectations because they've spent possibly years planning yeah. this thing. Um, every small detail. Yeah. They've they've put so much of themselves into it and also a lot of money into it. Yes. And there's a, a ton of pressure on the day for them, mm-hmm. for it to go as they planned, for them to enjoy it, for their guests to enjoy it. And, um, and then I think that it doesn't always turn out the way they saw it in their head. And mm-hmm. as photographers and filmmakers we're often the last supplier left post-wedding that they're in contact with so sometimes it feels like they can take those frustrations out on us and I've certainly experienced this this year a couple of times and I just 
I just don't want I just don't want that anymore. Can so. you can you go into details about those experiences that you had this this year? Obviously, you don't need to give out names and locations. That's <laughs> totally fine. I mean, what else can I add to it? I feel like I turned up and did exactly what's advertised as as what's in my portfolio. Also, obviously, I meet the couple beforehand yeah. and we talk about my style and what can, they can expect. Make sure we're all on the same page. And I always make a point as well of being like, is there anything at this wedding? that I absolutely couldn't miss, that's really important to you. So make sure we covered all of those bases and I felt like we did. Um, and that was one of the weddings that I came away from. Very, very rare occasion for me. I think as creatives, you tend to hate your own work, right? Is that right? Or is that... I love my own work, okay, but I'm well. a narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, as, as I, I often think, oh, I could have done a better job there or I should have spent more time doing that or whatever. But this was a wedding I walked away from and I was like, the are going to love these photos mm. and then it was kind of similar to what you were saying earlier where you had the three page essay from the bride yeah. and that's kind of very similar to what I had and I thought there's absolutely nothing else that I can do here I've captured the day as it happened um, I know that there was a lot about the day that the bride was unhappy with as a photographer I can't do anything about yeah. that. But again, yeah. I think it's because we are the last suppliers. We're the last part of that day, which they've spent years planning and goes by in a flash. Mm. Uh, so that's why I think a lot of it is taken out on us. Yeah, we've had one occasion over the years that sort of hit us a bit like that as well. Oh, is this so? Is this the bad one? Are we yeah. talking about that? <laughs> and you're right. It's we were the last person to deal with them. So obviously they took their frustrations out on us maybe like we produced really good at the time this was like six years ago seven years ago mm-hmm. it was a very early wedding yeah um produced a really good film but there was one shot that we weren't told about that was important to them mm. and because of the way we had set up we weren't able to capture it so if they had told us about this beforehand we would have got it but after the wedding because it wasn't the film we got emails saying that we had ruined their wedding film because that one shot yeah like greg said we, we missed that one moment and obviously we we did have i i joked about it before the live events contract in our sorry a live events clause in our contract we have reworded it since to make absolutely sure that people understand the live events aspect of it but yeah that was that was really yeah. hard because i thought i made the perfect wedding film for this couple they were fun and loving and you know they had the story where they'd play like hide and seek in 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 somewhere and there there was this narrative in the film where we did something similar it sounds cheesy but i actually turned out really nicely um playing through edinburgh and then yeah i just thought it was really good the soundtrack was ace the dancing was ace and um yeah yeah, so even and after six years, that still, still haunts you. Haunts us, yeah. It still haunts like me. Those stresses. Um, yeah. I want to know. See, when you tell me stories like that, working in insurance, I immediately think, well, this is why we have professional indemnity insurance. But <laughs> like, what happened there? Because in my case, I w- I would say I was two emails away from being like, here's your money back, bugger off. Yeah. But I knew that I couldn't do that working in insurance. I knew that that would be technically me admitting liability like being like oh yeah. right i didn't do a good enough job so i held mm-hmm. my ground and just hoped it would go away and it did what happened with you guys 
I think eventually it was the same ending. Yeah, I'm too. I I was too proud, and I knew I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They came back and forth. Eventually, at one point, threatening to get a friend to post a story in like a tabloid newspaper, an expose, saying that we ruined a wedding film sort and of thing. They, they were going to destroy our company. And that yeah. was like shit. Yeah, this but if serious. anybody had actually seen the video, like any sane person would be like, yeah. "This was an amazing video. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. just that's a bridezilla." No, I'll, can I can I say the what, the event that we missed? Very specifically, the moment that we missed was so the bride was supposed to be walked down the aisle with her gran, but on the day they changed it, so she was walked down the aisle with her brother, but he then handed over the bride to the gran right at the end of the aisle. I'm I'm guessing this was a very special moment for the family because they all the front row kind of like curved in to see. So both angles at the side were stood in front of. So that blocked those two angles. And then the angle at the back, like I thought I'd I'd walk down the aisle and I'd caught the moment where she was then given to the groom. Obviously she wasn't given to the groom, she was given to the gran. And I had turned around and I was walking back up the aisle. So obviously I'm in the white, which which isn't properly set up. And uh, that's how that incident happened. Yeah. Guess blocked the cameras. Yeah. But and I was like, and that was why I knew I hadn't done anything wrong. Yep. Yeah. Because like, yeah. It all comes down to they didn't tell us that that was important. Because if they did, Simon would have stayed <laughs> there did. for a wee bit longer. Yeah. And, 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 that. and now we do. We, yeah. we actually do now, so just in case anyone doesn't tell us. And ironically, just last night, we got two emails from upcoming weddings where they've told us about things that are super important. Yeah. Yes. Like there's balloons being set off in honour of a grandparent and there's something else that I've not read properly. <laughs> yeah. But now that we know that, it's like, okay, we will be aware of that at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that totally doesn't sound like... But you know that, that it wasn't yeah. your fault. And- so I... I actually got on the phone to a photographer friend of mine, um, Eva Sanders, and she walked, helped walk me through the process of how I should deal with the situation. For the people out there who don't have that, what advice can we give them if this happens? Like, a bride comes back to them and they're not happy at all. Some people deal with this very differently from other people, but how, how would we advise people to deal with it? Gosh. So... I think you know when you've done your job well. I think you know when somebody's coming back and making an accusation and you know that it's just them being perhaps an unreasonable person. So if it's that kind of case, I'd say, first of all, you can be confident that you've stuck to the contract and you'd end of the bargain. From my experience in insurance, I, I certainly wouldn't start to say, all right, okay, I can see where you're coming from. Maybe I can do this because that could look like you're admitting that you have done something wrong and then if it ever did escalate to your insurer having to get involved, they might not have your back and pay the claim because it looks like you have admitted that you've done something wrong. Mm. I would take... So uh, some great advice that was given to me in a a Facebook group I'm a part of um, was to just take each point that this difficult client I had each point that she was making that she wasn't happy with to just take that and address it as best as I could and really break it down into those manageable chunks which I did and that really helped instead of just getting overwhelmed by the entire situation Mm -hmm. and I did that and I replied to each of her points and I was quite happy with how I handled it if 
it continued to persist, I would actually pick up the phone and speak to my insurer and say, I'm having trouble with a client right now. And I think that it could possibly escalate to them making some kind of like trying to get the money back off me for their wedding that I photographed. And the insurer would look at the communication between you and your client and they would decide, right, yes, it does look like this could escalate. Obviously, they don't want it going to court because then that's going to cost the insurer more money. So they'll usually provide you with a solicitor, a team of legal experts who would help you negotiate with your client whether it's them doing it for you or whether they're telling you what to say because Mm -hmm. obviously I think the second you bring lawyers into things that's your relationship with that client over it's you know it's it's not going to be great after that so that's certainly an option is getting them involved as soon as possible so that they can give you proper legal advice on how to to handle this because the big the the difficulty there is that, like I said, you don't want to be in a position where it looks like you're saying, right, okay, I could have done a better job or I, I didn't capture that moment is, or just admitting liability because then you're not going to have the backing off your insurer. So that's the advice I'd give is like, take each claim that this person's making, try and respond and and do what you can to make that better. And if it keeps persisting, pick up the phone and speak to your insurer. You better have insurance. <laughs> We do. Okay. <laughs> okay then. So what what cover would that be? Is that professional indemnity? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that's the most important cover anybody can have who's running a business because it's it's a really meaty cover. I love professional indemnity insurance, <laughs> but I like to break it down by thinking of it as insurance for problem clients or careless mistakes. So, um, and also there's like a really scary statistic that 44% of freelancers will be stung by a bad client at one point. And we've, uh, working in insurance, I've seen those situations myself where Mm. you just get, you just get some people who like making life difficult for others and they'll make accusations and they'll maybe be a bit of a bully and try to get more out of you. Just because that's in their nature. So um, this kind of insurance would really help in those situations. And then you've got public liability as well. But we've never had a claim for that, um, which would be more like if somebody tripped over all your gear on location and broke their leg and couldn't work for a year and sued you type of thing. I've never seen anything like that happen, but Mm. never say never. So, So yeah, professional indemnity. Make sure you all have that. Yeah, I wonder how many people out there do actually have insurance but it's not even that see i get really passionate about this by the way yeah i can tell your your body language oh, changed yes yeah, um, me excited for insurance and that's not, not something i thought i would ever say but for example when you had that um three page essay mm. bride i bet not once it crossed your mind that well don't worry we have insurance like no. i bet that never crossed your mind whereas when i was dealing with my difficult clients who kept coming back with more things they were unhappy about I thought, this is really stressful, but thank goodness I have the backing legally and financially just in case it does escalate. So a lot of it is just, we don't understand enough about what this insurance is, um, which means that there there will have been situations, I guarantee that people are listening to this, have been in where they could have used their insurance and they haven't. So I know it's not something we all want to brush up on and learn about because it's Mm. a really dry topic, but it is worth just any kind of situation you're in with a client where you think, this could escalate. They're getting really angry. They're really unhappy with what I've done. 
chill out, you've got insurance. Yeah, yeah. That's in this industry, most people are solo business owners or working on their own, and we've talked about that before. And the fact that they always take everything on their own shoulders, and they feel like they're having to deal with everything. So knowing that, okay, I've got peace of mind that if anything happens, I've got that insurance. Even if it's not the first thing you think of that, oh, it's okay, I'll contact my insurer. Just knowing that you could, that's yeah. actually quite comforting. Oh, yeah. it's so comforting. Yeah. And out of all of the claims that I've had with my customers, none of them have actually ever went to court. So it doesn't have to go that far. Like I said, it can just be the that first inkling that something might get to that stage. That's when you should involve your insurer. I could talk about this stuff all day. Well, I'm actually love. I'm I'm I genuinely loving this chat about insurance because in my head, and in fact, I watched you on stage. Was it hey? Oh yeah. I saw you say something about how we all need insurance, but we all don't expect them to do their job. And I feel like I always have insurance, but it's always like, oh, I always need to do this, why and I never I like it again. Yeah, why am I doing this? I don't want. I don't expect you to back me up if something goes wrong. That's not a healthy way to think about insurance. No, but I can see why you do think that way. Seventy-three mm. percent of consumers don't trust their insurance provider, and and I can understand why because the whole business model of insurance is built on them profiting by not helping you out and paying your claim mm. um, but it's actually in an insurer's interest to pay out claims because we're governed by the FCA so we have to um, meet their standards otherwise the insurer will go out of business mm. um, but I like to because I get a lot of um, customers photographers uh, freelance marketers designers saying to me I'm only buying this because my client's making me and I'm just like it's just a tick a box yeah. uh, and they always think it's not going to be valuable to me I'm never going to have to use it well first of all out of all the claims that we've paid not one person ever thought they were going to have to use their insurance but secondly it is really valuable because instead of thinking of it as throwing 20, 30, 40 pounds a month into the abyss. Um, think of it as giving you access to a team of legal advisors for 20 pounds a month. So if something ever did happen with a client, you would be in a panic just yeah. in general dealing with this client, but then you'd be like, now we have to go find a lawyer. How do we mm -hmm. find a lawyer? We'll Google, we'll ask for recommendations. It just heightens the whole anxiety of the experience and then finding the right lawyer that's that's got knowledge in your field whereas all of that's just done for you with your monthly subscription that you're paying to your insurer they'll just mm -hmm. go no problem here are our experts who are you know who who have dealt with these situations before and um that's why that's it's so valuable like i just don't get it why do people not see how valuable this is yes. well have you seen the incredibles the first one, yeah, yeah, the original, yeah, yeah. When Mr. Incredible's very unhappy in his office, it's obviously an insurance company he's just stamping away and this old woman comes, Oh, save me, I don't know what I do. You're going to run me out of my house and home. I feel like I'm going to be that granny <laughs> when I need to make a claim. So, yeah. Yeah, well, it is a really <laughs> emotional situation. Like, I've had people on the phone saying, will my insurance pay out? Because if they don't, I'm going to lose everything. Like, her biggest claim has been for £60,000. Wow. And wow. we paid it out. Mm. So, <laughs> and now you're poor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not the insurer, so it's okay. Um, but, and her smallest claim is for £9,000. So, and I know oh, wow. that weddings, so you might think, well, I'm charging 
I don't know, £1,800 for a wedding. So my claim will never be that big. But it's not just the fee for the wedding that somebody might claim back. It's also all of the damages and you've ruined the whole day and we spent 15 grand on this day and yeah. suddenly things escalate. So, um, so yeah, it's it's something to consider. Yeah. So tell us about With Jack. With Jack? Yeah. With Jack. Because on your website it just has Jack. Well, and I was confused. And Greg said, "Oh no, actually, he's going through a rebrand." I'm like, yeah. well, I, "Is that so? It's with Jack or Jack?" With, yeah, it's with Jack. It's with Jack. Cool. Yeah, okay. we are going through a rebrand, and we're going to launch the new website soon. I don't know when. I don't. Mm-hmm. I've not committed to a date yet. Um, well, you've got nothing on your calendar. Come on, snap, snap. <laughs> it's not me. I'm waiting for All my your weekends are free now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So with Jack is. Um, I mean, I've kind of done my pitch already about 44% of freelancers will be stung by a bad client. So I'm building a platform that helps them financially and legally if that happens. That's what With Jack is. Mm. At the moment, it's professional indemnity, public liability and contents insurance for creative freelancers. So most of my customers are web designers um, or developers. Um, And then I've also got photographers, marketers and consultants, that kind of thing. And... The whole idea is that instead of filling out a really boring traditional proposal form that's asking you a bunch of stuff you don't understand, you'll have a chat with Jack. His questions change depending on your answers, meaning you're never asked something that isn't relevant to the work you do, so you get the insurance you need quicker. So that's the whole idea. And then I want to like expand on things now that I can focus 100% on it because yeah. I'm not distracted with weddings. Mm. So I want to like add more products to the line, like single invoice insurance, which do- wouldn't, I don't think it would be applicable for um, photographers and filmmakers because you would invoice a client and if they go out of business, then we would reimburse the cost of that invoice. So I don't mm. think that would be. Yeah, it's That's really hard though. Awesome. This is like the hardest industry to break into and and build a business out of. So make sure you support my business. Yeah, well, so yeah, on <laughs> yeah. that point, when, we were going to ask: Does With Jack cover photographers? But you mentioned they do. Yeah, yeah. I have um, a few photography customers. I've never had a professional indemnity claim for a photographer, but we have had contents claims, uh, which we've contents, paid out. Is that all their equipment? Yeah, yeah. yeah so. Um, so yeah, we do. We have a policy for photographers and filmmakers, although the insurer calls them videographers. Oh, oh, I knew I didn't <laughs> like them. I knew it. <laughs> yep, we'll just renew with this cock. <laughs> um, and yeah, and my little business is so I'm trying to do something a bit different to like the big. I have a lot of respect for Hiscocks. They're one of the insurers I tried to work with, but they rejected me. Um, but I'm small and I listen to my customers and like what we're doing right now when you were talking about those problems you're having I'm like well what if we you know could there be a solution to that Mm. so I want with Jack to grow with my customers I'm very open to feedback and if that's something if you want something a bit more than just to pay money into the abyss every month and you are interested in growing with a company then check out withjack.co.uk New website coming soon as well. Yeah. I feel like I, I, I heard a jingle in my head that needs to have a jingle there. Yeah, well, if you if you come up with one... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> too much pressure. Too much, pre- too, too much expectations on this song now. <laughs> can't, can't know. Uh, yeah, so if you're a wedding crave, uh, do, you, do, do you only clients in the UK or do you... Yeah. yeah 
that's that's fine. Unfortunately. Do you have a big listener base outside of the UK? Well, technically, we don't have any listener base because oh, yeah. we haven't released our <laughs> podcast yet. Oh, yeah. But, although, well, by the time this one goes out, they will be, this should be the f- and also fifth episode. This started on the back of the Facebook Live, and there was a lot of Americans, Irish. There's people from abroad as well. So. Mm-hmm. But even if nobody can use with Jack, I still want everybody to get insurance. De- definitely get it. If if I I feel like if you're a sole trader, you're less likely to get it. I don't know why, but which and 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 you should because you're as a sole trader, you're more exposed. Like if yeah. your house is at stake and mm. all of your. I guess the mindset is um, oh, I've got my main job. I'm just going to do weddings on the side. Yeah. Like yeah. You know, there's that mindset. Sort of your position, but I had but insurance. Yeah, or interest insurance. So, so yeah. of course you did. Yeah, if you. Yeah, but there will be a lot of people who like do oh, you I know, only do five or six, just part time. Yeah, totally. But all it takes is that one bad yeah. experience. Mm-hmm. And weirdly enough, so before I was into business insurance for freelancers, I was doing buy to let insurance, which is as boring as it sounds. And I started wedding photography when I was in buy to let insurance, and I didn't even think about getting insurance for my business my wedding stuff until i was shooting a wedding and the makeup artist said oh i saw one of your photos of um, a model i'd taken to like this abandoned warehouse or something and she was like you've got a lot of balls taking somebody to somewhere as dangerous as that Mm. oh but i guess you'll have public liability insurance and i was like oh (laughs) eh, yes yes and that's what planted the seed in my head and um and then i went and researched it a bit more and bought it and now i understand so much more about it so sometimes it's just like planting that seed in somebody's head i don't mean to turn your podcast into an advert so let's move on (laughs) no it's fine i mean yeah if you're listening in the uk and you shoot weddings definitely hit up ashley at with jack and just yeah see what she can do for you because She's making insurance sound very exciting. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. I had so much fun. Can I just come back and drink coffee? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. The bar's yeah. always stocked. The door's always open. All the Glasgow roasters. <laughs> 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 You've mentioned the website withjack.co.uk. Where else can people find you or the business online? What's your social handles? Oh, I'm one of those people who has different social handles because I'm like consistently inconsistent. (laughs) So there's Ashley Baxter on Instagram, which is obviously maybe more appealing to people listening to this because it's photos. Mm -hmm. And then um, I am Ashley on Twitter, where I sometimes do talk about insurance. So those two places. Cool. Do you still do your blog? A girl with a camera? Yeah, that's just fun like oh here i am at the good coffee cartel yes type of photos so, mm-hmm. yeah so yeah that's still updated get with a camera which uh, you know i registered that domain a good 10 years ago and now it should be woman with a camera but don't <laughs> go to that url because i think there's oh. probably something dodgy there <laughs> oh god <laughs> please someone go there and tell us <laughs> a link to that in the show notes <laughs> cool well uh yeah thank you for coming in thanks for having me thanks You've been listening to Perspective, a podcast for wedding creatives. We hope you've enjoyed this episode, and if you did, hit that subscribe button so that you know the next time an episode goes online. Leave a review. That's a massive help. And spread the word by telling a friend. But until next time, enjoy your life. <laughs>